Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hi, it's time for Foreplay. I'm Lori Watson, sex therapist and author of Wanting Sex Again, and I'm here with my co-host, Tony Del Medico, psychotherapist. Today on Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy, we are ready to talk about all things sexual and intimate and help you get the most out of your sex life. You can check us out on the web at foreplayrst.com. Visit us and send us an email if you like. Sex Talk with Laurie and Tony. Laurie, where will Foreplay lead us today? So Tony, today we're going to talk about kissing. <laughs> kissing, smooching, smooching, pecs, I, lip locking. Yeah. K- is kissing really that important, Laurie? To do, are we going to devote a whole show just to kissing? You know, I think this is the sex act that is the hardest to get right. The, uh, what I hear uh-huh. in my office is when this one isn't right, the whole thing is more difficult. And especially for women, it seems to be uh, more important and hold more significance for women in terms of what they what it means Maybe for men, they, you know, the technique is more important. But for women, if kissing falls off, kind of the romance of the whole thing falls off. No, I would agree. I think it all starts there, in fact. Um, and I think for guys, too, if the kissing isn't right in a long-term relationship, uh, it really goes south from there. And I think some of the saddest moments I've felt in working with men and couples is when you hear. Uh, and typically, the couple will not reveal this together in session. It will be an individual that says, you know, I never liked kissing him or I never liked kissing her from the beginning. And Mm -hmm. I overrode that instinct. Mm -hmm. And now we have 10, 15 years together and it's really hard to break up. But there was something in that initial kiss that was saying something's not right here. Uh So in our show today, I'm wondering if um, if kissing is teachable for a couple, like if a kiss, if couples are struggling with kissing, is that a teachable, trainable thing or is it is it more instinctive for a couple? I'd be curious to know what you, you know, think. You know, I think people, some people are natural good kissers, and they have the same style. But people have wildly different styles, and if they were hooked up with somebody with their style, it might work just fine. But somehow or another, I, I agree. People will tell me, you know, from the very beginning, I really didn't like his style, or I didn't like the way she kissed. And then it, it is difficult to retrain and help them figure out how they can make that work for them. I, I think kissing is a super difficult thing 
yeah. to work out. So, you know, in our shows, we're talking about all, all sorts of things with respect to technique and um, how to approach things. But this is something that I think we're getting really back to initial instincts. Mm-hmm. And I, mean, I think some people will complain about certain aspects of kissing. So, for example, mm-hmm. um, you produce too much saliva when we French kiss. Oh, yeah. And so that's something I think. That yeah, sloppy can, is never good. <laughs> yeah. Well, unless they both like sloppy. Right. Uh, so very few people I hear like sloppy. <laughs> some people I know <laughs> okay, like sloppy. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. okay. Um, but it's an agreement on the couple. But I, I mm-hmm. think if if one person is sloppy, and that turns the other partner off, I think that's that's something that can be addressed. Mm-hmm. But I think we're getting back to this ephemeral feeling of uh, you know something about kissing you is not feeling quite right, and and I think that's very different than some minor tweaks. Don't mm-hmm. stick your tongue all the way down my throat, or. You know, your kisses are too wet. It feels like, yeah. Right. The research does show we use kissing to assess our partner, to see mm. if this is a person who's a good match for us. That's a primary use for it. And I was talking with my kids this weekend, and my I have sons, and they were saying that they have, you know, kissed girls who it was just gross and terrible. And even though she was really attractive, that was it. You know, they didn't want to go out with her again so or take her out or anything. So I, I think it's mm. true, but... The problems we deal with mostly are people who are in it and have either then um, stopped kissing, right, or or decided that they didn't like the way that their partner kissed in the beginning, and what do they do now? Right, right. And going back to your what you had just shared about your son, I'm always thinking about for the person that has decided to override their instinct, that, oh, something about this kiss isn't right, but I'm going to continue to date you and see you and, and partner up with you. What is it about that person that's overriding their own instincts, whether it's kissing or other things in their life as well? So I, I think there's there's two prongs to that. So if you've overridden it, what other areas of your life are being overridden? But but staying close to kissing, which is the topic mm-hmm. of today's show, um, I think it's ripe. You know, I really do. And um, Well, if the, you're saying if they override it, you're, you're wondering that maybe they, they don't pay attention to their instinct. I, I, I probably think, though, that... I mean, kissing is important, and it may be very important to a person, but it's not the only thing that's important sexually and in partnership. I, I mean— Right, but if it becomes an issue in, in the couple, like I've had couples that have come in and said, you can do everything but kiss me. I right. just don't want you near me. Right. And that becomes—anytime you draw a, a large boundary like that, it becomes a big problem for the couple. And people draw lots of lines, though, sexually, in terms right. of what they don't like. I mean, what do you ask them when they say that? What do you ask the person who is drawing such a firm line? I think it's tough. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking about the initial thought that went through my head is, is kissing more intimate than sex itself? Mm-hmm. So, and not to be stereotypical, but prostitutes would say, you can do whatever, you know, what are we going to do? And everything's on the table except kissing. Yeah. So isn't it curious that... Rumor has it that that's what they rumor say. Rumor has it, yeah. <laughs> so, and that doesn't come out of anywhere. So... All of a yeah. sudden, it's face-to-face, and, and you were saying we use this as a tool to um, to figure out whether you're going to be a potential partner or not. So you yeah. can own all of me, but not the most intimate part of me, which is face-to-face. Right. It's it's so close. It's eye contact. Mm-hmm. And, and like you said, uh, it is more intimate maybe than some sex acts that people use with each other, right? I mean, to extend the question um, – is, is kissing more intimate than eye contact? Mm-hmm. So if I can look at you and just give you a blank face, I might be able to lie to your face through my eyes. But once we start to kiss, mm-hmm. does the truth come out there? Mm-hmm. 
I don't know. We were talking about windows to the soul, eyes of the windows of the soul, lips of the window to the heart. Right. Maybe that's the case. Maybe a kiss doesn't lie. Right. And that's your, that's your line, right? That's a thought. I don't know. Yeah. No, say that again. I, I it's like it. It's a working it. premise. That, well, that yeah, the kiss the, is. Well, if the eyes are the window to the soul, uh, maybe a kiss is the, uh, excuse me, if the eyes are the window to the soul, the eyes. <laughs> <laughs> if the eyes are the window to the soul, then the, the kiss is the window to the heart, right? Exactly. You said that. I love that. Yeah. I, I know. I, I think that that, a kiss is something important. I mean, obviously, for some people, it is the ultimate important. It is, it tells them whether or not there's this chemistry. I mean, I, I definitely remember a man that I dated who I wasn't attracted to, and he kissed me, and boom, that was it. <laughs> it jump-started You know, everything. that was it. You know, after that, I was always attracted to him, but... Gotcha. Yeah, that was really important. Well, in one of our sessions earlier, we were talking about how couples can jumpstart their intimacy if it's, if it's mm-hmm. dead. And I think a passionate kiss mm-hmm. is a thing that can really get a pilot let started in a hurry. So mm-hmm. don't, underestimate, even, don't underestimate, even if you've been in relationship for a long time, um, the importance of taking time for a passionate kiss. One of our tips in a previous program was um, giving your partner a 10-second kiss. And if you tried that, what you'll find is you have to show up after the first two or three seconds. So I was actually thinking about the kiss of death. Like what is the kiss of death for a couple in a committed relationship? And I think it's when their pleasure kissing goes to just a goodbye hun or good morning hun kiss, which becomes a, a, a senseless peck on the lips or the cheek and you're no, not even present. And that becomes maybe, the norm. But, but I like that too. I, I like the ritual kissing as well. I think that mixed into a life with somebody is important. I mean, to me, it's, it's empty if we're saying goodbye and not hugging and kissing. I mean, I, th- I think factored into an intimate relationship, it's important. I think what you're saying is if it becomes mom and dad, right? If it's just um, that's the only thing people are doing, the only way they kiss, maybe that's the kiss of death. But I think, I, I mean, I need that too. I think that that's really important. And I encourage couples to do ritual kisses. So we're talking about the difference between pleasure kissing and ritual kissing. And, and listen to that, I would agree. Like if you're, I think the idea is just no empty kisses. Mm-hmm. So you can go by hun and you're not even present in the peck. But if you're saying goodbye hun and you mean it and you, you're aware and she's aware that you're saying goodbye, I'm going to miss you today. I'll see you tomorrow. You're both present in that moment, even if it's just ephemeral. That's a win as far as kiss goes. I'm, I'm talking about empty kisses. There should be no bad kisses in the relationship. You try to show up whether it's pleasure kissing or ritual kissing. You got high standards, Tony. <laughs> what? Asking your partner to show up? Well, I, I mean, mean, I got two small kids. I'm worn out. I haven't slept all night. This is just one more box I'm going to check, and it becomes empty. And most people, come when by the time they get to my office, they're saying, I'm living with a roommate. Mm-hmm. We've become good friends, and that's the and that tells me that the kissing has dried up. They may be pecking each other to death, but there's nothing behind it. Sure, there's no connection. Is what you're talking about? Is is symbolically you're saying if, if they're kissing and it's just empty and passionless, and that they never really see the other person, that that's indicative of the emptiness in the relationship. I'm saying there's nothing behind their lips. They're gone. They're already they're already out the door and at work. They're not actually in the moment saying, thank you for breakfast. Thanks for last night. You were amazing. Uh-huh. I got to go. This isn't a pleasure kiss, but this is, hey, I'm, I'm really glad we're together. Sure. And I think that's missing as well. So maybe we're just talking about the quality of the kisses. Sure. I, I think I'm maybe saying, though, it, you know, if a couple is busy and 
you know, some of the kissing is perfunctory. I don't think that that's indicative for them to be, you know, saying that the relationship is really in trouble or worrisome. It's it's when they're, you're talking about the qualitatively that the relationship is empty of them being present for each other, kissing or otherwise. I'm saying the kisses have to be meaningful <laughs> over time. Every kiss has to be meaningful. <laughs> I think you should strive towards that. I mean, there's some couples, women come in that said, my rule is no bad kisses. No bad kisses. Whether that's a ritual kiss, a pleasure kiss, I'm not going to just take scraps off the table. If you're going to kiss me goodbye, mean it. Mean it. Show up wow. like you're going to say wow, goodbye. That, I'm going to demand that you're going to be present in the kiss. And that that feels like a lot of pressure. Could be. Yeah. <laughs> you, don't have, okay. you don't have couples coming into the office going, our kisses are too meaningful. We've become too intimate, too close, and we're trying to unravel where do couples start to find the divide. And I think kissing is, is something very that happens very early upstream that begins to separate the streams out. We, well, ta- we, take, Let- we take each other for granted, basically. Well, let's talk some more about this. We'll be back in a few minutes with Floor Play Radio Sex Therapy. Wanting Sex Again. How to Rediscover Desire and Heal a Sexless Marriage by Certified Sex Therapist Lori Watson. Each chapter is designed to fix one of the problems that cause low libido from early marriage through the childbearing years, even all the way through menopause. I've also had men read it and tell me that for them it was the most hopeful thing they read about resolving sexual problems. Look for Wanting Sex Again on Amazon.com. You can also talk to Lori Watson for therapy in person or via Skype. I offer couples counseling and sex therapy and I think about both aspects of the relationship, emotional intimacy and sexual technique and that combination together helps marriages be happy improve your sex and improve your relationship with awakening center for couples and intimacy find out more at awakenloveandsex.com and sign up for their next couples retreat weekend hosted by Lori watson awakenloveandsex.com awaken what's possible Welcome back to Foreplay with sex therapist and author Lori Watson and psychotherapist Tony Delmatico. In the first half of our show, we've been talking about kissing Lori and the battle lines have been drawn. That's right. That's and, right. Uh, welcome back to the second segment. So we got off on uh, a bit of a rant there. I'm, I'm demanding more passion and more presence in kisses. Well, I, I'm not against that. I'm just saying that ritual kisses are important too. They add to the affection in the relationship and you were saying that even ritual kisses should be meaningful, and, I, and I'm saying that that might be a little high of a standard for you know a young family with kids running all around. Um, you know, kissing goodbye and hello is sweet. I think I don't know that it necessarily is always meaningful or has to be, but it, I think it lends to this nest of good feelings, affection, warmth, that kind of thing. Yeah, and I'm not saying has to and always and never. I'm saying as a couple, if we're fighting to stay close with small kids under our feet talking about how are we going to do that as we're going out the door, as we get home. I want to be seen and felt and cherished. And one of the easiest and quickest ways we can do that is in ritual kissing. And so I don't think there's anything wrong with a couple saying, I want you to show up when you put Mm -hmm. your lips on mine. Mm -hmm. You know, it tells the truth, I think is what we're getting at. The window (laughs) to the heart. Okay. Um, Kissing is the window to the heart for Tony. Yeah. Jumping around a little bit, I was wondering if – if one could have an orgasm just from kissing, is that possible? Sure. Yeah. Sure. I mean, kissing can be very arousing and absolutely. I mean, remember high school, right? 
how many kids just made out for hours and hours and had orgasms. I suppose there might have been a little bit of touching going on, too. Yeah. yeah. And I, I would suppose if we couldn't go any farther in relationships, if kissing was all we had, kissing in our minds, most of us wouldn't have any problems orgasming sooner right. or later. So right. Exactly. That's how powerful kissing is. And I, I think that's why we're deva- devoting a show to it mm-hmm. uh, today, at least one show. I'm sure we'll have more to say on the topic as we go along. Probably so. So what do you think makes for this, this connected kiss in your mind? A real passionate kiss. What makes it good? Oh, I think the first thing is presence. Right. And what is, okay, what does that mean? I don't know. I think you can sense when somebody's just giving you a gratuitous peck on the cheek or, okay, I'll reluctantly turn my mouth to yours. And when somebody passionately wants you, I think it's one of the few places that you can let somebody know that you're really interested in them. And so a lot of emotion can be translated through the lips. Um, I think there's a lot. Of, uh, I think the nose and the lips are have the most nerve centers on your face. And you know, there's Eskimo kisses. They figured out a way to to do sure. it just with rubbing sure. noses. So, so it's, it's don't underestimate the power of the kiss. Being there for them, I I do think that. Well, um, go home, go home. And, well, if we went home and gave our partners empty kisses, I'd be curious to know if we'd be called out on that. So maybe for the listeners at home, you could try that. Give them a blank. We would dead, love to hear from give you. Give them a dead fish what kiss. What do you think? I, I give think them a dead a, fish kiss and see what happens. <laughs> I think there's a lot of women out there that are just groaning and saying, you know, everything I do has to be meaningful sexually. Sometimes I just don't have that in me, you know. And now you've added kissing to the list that has to be meaningful and deep. And you know, I I, I don't know. I I think that is a pretty um, tough expectation. I I do think though, if we're talking about a, a kiss that is passionate. Um, as a, a set-aside subset of kissing, um, what you talked about showing up as being present is important. I also think looking the person in the eyes is really important. Uh, seeing them, I mean, that that to me is what couples say, especially women say, is missing. That Sometimes he starts to kiss her and he doesn't look at her. And so it doesn't feel, it feels like um, uh, a body, not necessarily her. It's a way to avoid intimacy, maybe, with maybe the eye so. contact. It may sure. be too much. I think I want to. I think I want to emphasize that for our female listeners out there, if you're taking this as just another thing that you should do, that's not how we're intending this. I think what we're trying to do is bring couples together. So it isn't now you also have to be present in your kisses. I think as a couple having the conversation around how can we be more present, it's just as fair that he needs to show up in his kisses as well. Sure. So not just, you know, not hi, hon, her. I'm home, or goodbye, have a nice day, hon, and give her a peck. So I'm assuming in our conversations that you're not taking this as a male-female thing, that it's actually a joint thing. We actually both have to show up for good kisses, and we're both accountable when they happen and when they don't. And there's nothing wrong with doing your own self-check, going, wait, I've been kissing you all week, and I'm not even present in those kisses, and coming back to your partner and going, you know, well, here's a real one. Remember we said we're both going to show up for our kisses? and. We've gotten back into our old rut of not showing up together, and that's not throwing stones at one another or setting undue expectations. I guess I take it as what you're saying is qualitative. You, you're talking about a way of living in general that is aware of the other, aware of the needs of your partner, aware of the needs of the coupleship, and aware of your own needs, and, and you're bringing that awareness sort of to daily living, right? It's it's a more thoughtful way to be versus how we all can get caught up in the hurry scurry of life and all the things we got to do in our busyness. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're talking about this thoughtfulness. 
Yeah, it's almost as if the relationship is a third thing between us, and we're both looking at this going, you know, how do we nurture this relationship Mm -hmm. in the midst of our busy lives and children and all the other things that we're asked to do? And one of the ways we can do that is sort of keep showing up for each other uh, in the form of a kiss, if that's all we have, if it's a ritual. And, And I think ritual in general is very important. So I love what you're saying about ritual, but I also think the ritual becomes empty if we're just going through the motions of it. And so to have that meaningful, we ba- both have to show up mm-hmm. for that. Um, one of the things I'm thinking about that just ran through my head, there was a documentary um, of all things on Duke's cross country program in the sixties or seventies. The pioneer of that program was being interviewed and he was a gentleman in his seventies, maybe even early eighties at the time they were filming it. And he was wandering around campus and he would, they would cut every now and then to his wife and they'd had a long, long relationship together. And at the end of all the accolades in the story of Duke's cross-country program, they asked him offhandedly, you know, how long have you been married? And he said something like 56 years or something. And they said, well, what's the secret to your happiness? And he said, giving my wife a 10-second kiss every day. And they cut to both of them and kissing. Duke. I know. Well, Uh go him and go (laughs) her for committing to do that. And so I took that, and that's where I got the 10-second kiss thing. Uh Uh-huh unabashedly stolen from that documentary. Uh-huh. 56 years, that's a long yeah. relationship, a good one. And I thought, well, 10-second kiss, that's nothing. Anybody can do that. And then once I started to try to do it, it was like, wow, you actually have to show up. Yeah, and I, I think another point that you're making is it is the little things that over time, you know, make or break our relationship. You know, the way we give to each other, the way we show up for each other, that's cumulative. You know, it may feel like, okay, I've been empty for a week because... I'm too busy, but maybe then we, we get a hold of this thoughtful way of living and then we bring ourselves to our partner, yeah. you know, in kissing in other ways, right? Other sexual ways and, and other ways of emotional connection. Yeah, yeah I would agree. Absolutely. I think um, let's go back, though, to the problem of how do we get people to kiss in a way that the other one likes it if they don't like the way their partner kisses? I mean, that is tough. I, I said... Looking in the eyes, I think, is important. Um, this may seem elementary, but tilting your head. I, you know, people, when they do do the peck, right, when we do right. give each other a peck, it's it's often our head is not tilted. So a passionate kiss is often melting into each other with a head tilt. And that, that seems like so crazy that you would have to mention that. But I can't tell you the number of people who mm. talk about their partner doesn't tilt their head. It's like they're not giving up into the kiss. Yeah, it's almost like they're unwilling to go all in. Yeah. So I'm, uh, as you're sitting here thinking, I'm imagining into, is it a 15 degree tilt? Is it a, ni- you know, what's a 90 degree tilt? Is that all, all in? 45 degrees. 45 degrees? 45 degrees is really Yeah, you're committed. I'm definitely in. And I think for women, a lot of women talk about, they love it when a man reaches for her face. And I think men like that too. Yeah. You know, the face, as you talked about earlier, is so intimate. And so it's this... This touch, um, I mean, I also think it, it blends the caress of a parent, you know, a mother touching a child's face, cupping mm. their face, and then the romance of that followed by the intimate kiss. Oh, um, yeah. I think that sometimes it's not actually what they do in the kiss, but it's the whole setup that can help them. It's funny. We're talking about passionate kisses, perfunctory kisses, ritual kisses. I mean, what you're describing is a real kiss. I'm right. gonna, I'm gonna grab. I'm gonna take you by your head, or vice versa. I'm gonna allow whatever I want, or whatever is evolving between us, to happen. Right. Yeah. Right. 
Wow. And I know you said that some people do like sloppy kisses and very few <laughs> that I would say. Um, but, you know, when we talk about French kissing, I think uh, one thing, one advice I would give is to start with slightly parted lips, but not necessarily swallowing your partner whole in the beginning. Gotcha. So don't... <laughs> Don't swallow Go their slow. head on Go the first. Easy. Yeah. Nibble a little bit. Yeah. You know, take take it slow. I mean, it, it begins and it has a middle and it has perhaps an end too. But it isn't just um, you know being devoured. Maybe sometimes. I mean, sometimes, right? You know, the fast up against a wall being devoured is good. sure. But most looks great most, in the movies anyway. Most French kisses, yeah. you know, begin with some sort of. Um, some warm up, some warm up, and even allowing then, the kiss to bloom, even then, allowing allowing the kiss to bloom into whatever it wants to bloom into. Right, and, and I think the one problem is you have to know where your partner feels like the meeting point is. I mean, some people their natural meeting point is outside the mouth. You know, their their tongues meet outside the mouth. Mm. Sometimes it's in her mouth. Sometimes it's over her mouth. Sometimes it's you know, um, you know what you do in a French kiss. That meeting point is the big place I see couples mix it up. And and it's just an expectation. You know, they they have their style. Right. This is my meeting point. And they think that that's natural. That's normal. That's where everybody meets in a French kiss. And it, it isn't necessarily. There's like lots of meeting points and natural places. And you kind of have to talk about that. Well, If it, you don't like the way your partner kisses. Yeah. Well, and even if you do, I mean, we all get into patterns. And I think... Mm-hmm. Um, it can be really exciting when that pattern's broken. So if you're the person that's usually putting your tongue in the other person's mouth at some point in lovemaking, if she, if he or she is coming back at you, that can be very exciting as well. Mm-hmm. So having some flexibility around it versus we always do that or we never do this um, can really add some excitement to it. So Right, and just your Freudian slip. I mean, you said her, her putting her tongue right. back. I, I mean, I do think there is something that it, men are more penetrating in general. Mm. I mean, in and general. And how exciting to be penetrated as a man with her. Sure, tongue, so. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That can be great. Um, I, I think the other thing is, is that the kiss needs to deepen. You know, as you start kissing, then you pull your bodies together. You know, it's the reach to, to the face, maybe entangling your fingers in their hair, and then it's pulling your bodies in. And sometimes people are too stiff. And their partner feels that, and I think it goes back to what you said. They don't feel their presence, even if technically the kiss is on point. Um, you know, something is happening the way they're not melting together in it. Yeah. Laurie, that brings us to the end of the episode, and time for our tips of the week for Just kissing. Just the tip. Just the tip, Laurie. What's your tip for kissing? I think that you have to really pay attention to good dental hygiene, dental floss, brush your teeth. I cannot overemphasize how women particularly really like smells to be sweet and good. So go for the dental floss. And my tip is just ask. Let's talk about our kissing. What do you like about my kissing? What don't you like about it? So have the couple have the conversation. It brings up the conversation that might be difficult and maybe has never been had. Right. Well, Lori, today on Kissing, we have touched on the philosophical aspects, the technical aspects of kissing. We've certainly opened up a few boxes of worms here that hopefully should get people talking at home. I hope so. Thank you for joining us today on Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy. I'm Tony Delmedico, psychotherapist with author and sex therapist Lori Watson. 
Hey, help us stay on top here at Foreplay. We'd love it if you would subscribe and share it with your friends. And please take one sec and rate and review us. Thanks so much. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.